Welcome back to Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This episode, I am very excited to be joined by 49ers Senior Manager of Stadium and Motion Graphics, AJ Murray. AJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey there. No problem. Thanks for having me. What are your responsibilities as a senior manager of stadium and motion graphics? Uh, so I am in charge of basically my, my main focus is the video boards on game day. Um, anything that goes on the video boards, uh, you know, all our interstitials, touchdown, interception, it's good, that kind of stuff. Um, down to, you know, uh, all the fun little things that we get to do, player and specific graphics, anything, anything you see, you know, on the boards during game day, um, uh, probably had my hands in it somewhere at some point beyond that, you know, we have outside events that I'm in charge of, uh, maintaining the boards for those, any graphics for the, that, that come into the stadium, our exterior boards that you see when you're driving down Tasman Avenue. And some uh, special projects along the way, you know, to help with digital social and some of our studios crew along the way as well. So wherever I can kind of lend a hand. Rewinding a little bit from present, you got a degree in media communications and technology. When you went to school, what did you want to do? I started, I did a little bit of everything when I... uh, when I started college, I started as a phys ed teacher. And uh, because when I started, I was playing baseball and I really didn't care about college. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to play baseball and that was it. That was all I cared about. And um, that was that was the bottom line. And, and so the school part of it was going to be secondary. And then somewhere after that first semester, I had that light bulb go off of like, yeah, I got to actually do something here. Um, and make this happen. So I bounced around a lot. Um, I did all the teacher stuff because I was still kind of into it. And then it hit a point where I was like, mm, I'm not into it as much. And so like I had started to veer towards teaching art and graphics. And so somewhere in the middle of that. And so I had the intro classes to actually start my major and uh, that I eventually l- went to. Um, and because I had never officially switched to the teacher side of things. So when it came time to like claiming your major and switching into it, I had a little bit of fun that first semester and that kind of messed up my GPA a little bit. So I wasn't quite high enough to get into the teacher side. And, uh, I realized at that point too, like all at the same time, it came together that that wasn't really what I wanted to do either as much. And, uh, got into the art side of things, you know, and, and design. And, uh, at that time, um, all of the, you know, a lot of the digital stuff was still just like, uh, coming around, you know, Photoshop and all Adobe stuff was relatively new back then. So how much experience did you have in graphics or design before declaring that major or moving into that? uh art classes in high school i mean i had a lot of art in high school and stuff but that was kind of it other than that like i can't draw my doodles are terrible Um, (laughs) (laughs) i can't uh i can't draw by hand at all i can't do anything without a computer so uh i've never really been able to i mean i could in high school i kind of got to where i could and i practiced some and then uh i just never felt like i was there and then once the 
you know, the digital stuff kind of came around, it kind of clicked and, and I could look at a picture, uh, you know, like kind of Google what I was looking for. Right. And, and follow what I wanted to make in, you know, like Adobe illustrator or something like that and kind of, uh, um, have more of an idea for whatever reason, the computer side of it just clicked. When you, as someone who says they can't draw, do you have a brainstorming process? Like when you are building something for the video boards, do you not try to like draw it out ahead of time or what is your brainstorming process like then? I would say, you know, like when you're in college and stuff, they tell you about storyboarding and everything else. So that's your most important thing. And I haven't storyboarded in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have one storyboard on the board right now of, uh, of uh, some stuff that we're working on. So every once in a while, I draw it out for myself very rarely, but it's more of like uh, more of like kind of just a graphics dump, right? Where you just kind of like go off for a little bit for, you know, half an hour or so. And, and a lot of times before I start, I'll have reference files of like, you know, maybe I'll see like little, I'll see little animations in like a commercial or it could be the dumbest commercial that I'm like, Oh, I like the way that text comes on and I'll either shoot it on my phone. So I have a reference and I'll just put like four or five ideas like that together that I've just kind of pulled from quick times or downloaded and, and have to pull up as references and, and, uh, as a timing basis, right. Like, uh, for the pacing. And, uh, yeah, just kind of go from there. When you are watching TV or going to a sporting event or a concert, how much are you able to turn off your work brain? Or is it always kind of looking at what other people are doing in the sphere? Yeah, I'm super judgy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I watch everything and pull everything apart. Uh, uh, TV in stadium in another stadium. Uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just see everything as like, oh, that could have been a little better if you did this or, or, uh, you know, I'm also, I, I like to think that I, I, you know, if I, if I see something I really like, I'll be the first one to tell you that I like it and I'm into it. Right. So I'm probably the first one to say that I don't like it though, too. Maybe <laughs> It's a balance. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm not very good at turning it off, uh, personally myself. <laughs> so you finally figured out what you wanted to do in college you switched your major you finished all your classes you graduate what was your path then to the bay area and the 49ers uh my path was a long one that was a long road so i went from the, the short version was just basically going from philly to portland to here right and uh uh, I was, I, I left college, went to, uh, Philly for at that, uh, th the next 13 years. And, um, uh, so I was in Philly, I got hired out of my internship. My, my major, my school was very, they were like in the, like I said, in the infancy stages of like the, the media communications and all that kind of jumping off, right? Like they were just getting started with that stuff. But the strongest part about that whole thing was my major Your your last semester of college was your internship. And that's it. That's all you did. So basically, I didn't get paid either. But those you hardly ever got paid in internships uh, back then. So 40 hours a week I had to do. So I did 40 hours a week on the job at this place uh, at a TV network in Philly. And basically, I was doing the news graphics every night uh, by myself. 
I had like a week of like a couple people looking over my shoulder of kind of guiding me. And then after that week, everybody would go home and I'd be there doing the news graphics by myself. So uh, I stayed at that place for a while, for about four years. Probably some of my closest uh, friends in the industry came, started there, you know. And then I just kind of worked my way up to, that was a local network. I worked my way up to a regional network after a couple of years, then to a national network. And then that job was moving and uh, that job was moving to Connecticut. I had no desire to go to Connecticut. <laughs> Valid. And uh, so I took the severance package and decided to go basically on a soul journey. And I spent uh, about four months on the road just traveling um, with my, I had three goals. I had to, while I was on the road, I had to play live somewhere with my guitar. I had to, whether it was, you know, out on the street at two in the morning with uh, uh, a bunch of people, you know, partying or whatever, or in someone's garage or in a bar, I had to play live in front of people somewhere. I couldn't say no to anything on the trip. So whether I was into it or not, I, you know, anyone I spoke with, they were like, you should go check out this restaurant or you should go drive four miles down that dirt road and check out this tree that's on the right hand side or whatever. I couldn't say no to it. So I had to go just to leave the trip as open as possible to experience uh, everything on the road by yourself. The third thing that I had to do was I had to go out into the desert as far as I could. And uh, I wanted to play my guitar uh, by myself and to no one in the desert as loud as it would go. So I, I pulled off all three. <laughs> Before we get back to the, the rest of the story, is there something you did while not saying no that you wouldn't have done otherwise, but you're glad you did? Uh, I would say probably one of the favorite things that I did that, that sticks out the most is still like the, uh, the Carlsbad caverns in New Mexico outside of Roswell. I had no idea they were even there. I had never even heard of them. And I was just at like a bar the night before and it, you know, kind of explaining where I was heading, where the, where the road was going, my next stops. And, and, uh, you know, at that point, all I knew was, uh, Roswell, you know, like go check out air, uh, <laughs> aliens right and and all that stuff so i had the the night before at dinner this person i was just randomly talking with was like you know uh, if you're gonna go there you gotta go check out the carlsbad caverns you know take the take the two hours or whatever and drive drive out and check it out and you go down like i think at 500 feet or something like that it's pretty deep and you're into some amazing scenery like deep underground in these caves and tunnels. And, and, uh, that was probably the best, best, best $5 I spent. And then immediately followed by the worst $5 I spent in Roswell. <laughs> Cause like the, 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 you know, the Roswell stuff was like, they had a alien museum that was five bucks to get in. And it was just like the, the most like the fakest stuff ever. And I just came from this like epic underground tunnel, area that um you know supernatural cool experience and and uh it just totally overshadowed the 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 rest of what was down the road that day but um yeah i, I think that one kind of always stands out to me or um just that whole area of taos new mexico down into phoenix and i drove the 
I always forget the name of the highway. I want to say it's 138 or 158, but it's basically the road that Forrest Gump goes on when Forrest Gump stops running. In that scene where Forrest Gump stops running and everybody's following him out in Monument Valley. I ended up on that road and not even knowing it. I just came up over a knoll and was on that road. So the whole rest of that day, the, the drive was just this epic scenery afternoon blue perfect blue skies no one on the road whatsoever like i was just stopping in the middle of the road and taking pictures and no one was around it was yeah super cool experience did you say run forest run to yourself at all that day <laughs> you know you came up i came up over the knoll and you have the immediate, you don't see it right away, right? And you come up over the knoll and just boom, right there it is. It's that whole backdrop. And you see, you know, basically exactly where he stopped. Uh, immediately followed by the sides of the road are filled with cars because everybody's stopping there. Most of everybody else knew where what was there for that, you know what I mean? And was looking for it. So I just came rolling up on it. And uh, uh, I think it just happened so fast that, yeah, you, 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 I don't think I did at the moment, but I definitely did that night at dinner when I was explaining where I just drove from. <laughs> Sorry, before I cut you off, after your road trip, then what? Uh, so I uh, I spent some time in LA trying to network, meet some people, figure out if I wanted to. My, my goal was Portland, right? Like that was where I, I had said probably about six, seven years before that, that I was going to move to Portland. And, uh, you know, life being the way it is, yeah, I owned a home and I had a career in Philly. So just uprooting wasn't really my thing. So when the time was right and this whole thing opened up to just, you know, go on the road, then Portland was my end goal. But I still wanted to kind of, you know, check out my on my way, like, is Portland really my end goal? So I spent a bunch of time in L.A. trying to just network and meet people because there was a lot of jobs there. And I had friends there that uh, knew people. So I kind of started doing that thing. And then uh, I, I spent probably three weeks driving back and forth. You know, I used two different addresses when I applied. I would apply to jobs in L.A. and use my friend's address. And uh, uh, so they you know, didn't think that I was coming from Portland. And I did the same thing in Portland and Basically, I would just tell people if I had an interview, like, hey, I need to, I'm, I'm booked for the next few days. Can I come down on like Thursday? And uh, I would jump in the car and drive to LA for a 45 minute interview <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, hang out for the day and then drive back up to Portland and do it all over again in Portland, you know? So uh, I had like this back and forth period of trying to figure it all out. And then uh, finally, you know, had the conversation and, and the, the, that I was just like, had to commit and, uh, did the Portland thing, took off for Portland. I realized LA was a lot of fun, but I was having a lot of fun in LA because I wasn't working either. And, um, starting to think about commuting in LA and all that stuff kind of, uh, weighed into it. So took off for Portland and spent, uh, about f just short of five years up in Portland, uh, kind of reinventing myself. Portland was very humbling for me. I started from scratch, basically nothing I did up to that point really mattered from a technical standpoint. I mean, technically it mattered because I knew I, I had the industry knowledge and I had, you know, my experiences, but to people that I was interviewing with, they did not care that um, 
I had 10 years experience at that time. So everything was more of like, what have you done local? What have you done while you're here? And, and, you know, starting off, I had done nothing. So those first years in Portland, I had the rude awakening when I moved there that, um, Portland or Oregonians told me, you know, it'll take you a year. It'll take you a year of, if you can survive a year out here and figure it out, you'll be rewarded with a job basically. Right. And you'll, you'll land on your feet. And, uh, it was, uh, almost a year to the day where I got my first real job there for that first year. I worked on a food. I was 10 years into my career. I thought I, you know, I had come from at that time, the fourth largest city in the country working at, you know, uh, NBC sports network. Right. And, and so, uh, in my head, I'm like, you know, thinking I'm pretty good at this thing. I like, you know, like I, I can, I can do this. And then I got out there and had the rude awakening of like, I had to start over and, uh, start from scratch and, uh, only you're starting from scratch with knowledge. Right. So, um, you kind of have a little bit, but it was a grind. And that first year I, uh, I would do projects at night. And then during the day I was, uh, hanging cabinets and then, uh, installing vanities and working on a food truck. And, uh, while I was on a food truck, I would just start a, that was how I learned my way around and B, I just started slinging business cards off of the food truck, uh, to any place where I would pull up and be working. You know, I did, I cooked lunch for a lot of people and, uh, I cooked lunch at a lot of, um, studios and stuff like that so i would just kind of pull in and uh, uh i would i had business cards that i'd kind of sling you know like i'd hand my sandwich with my business card on the bottom <laughs> and I, I was pretty bold of like hey what department are you in you know like oh you're <laughs> hey t- here's my here's my business card you know like uh check out my reel or uh uh you know like yeah what are you what are you working on oh you're in the snowboarding department you know or of nike you know like here here uh uh you know, do you guys have anything open? You know, that kind of thing. I, I had no, I didn't hold back for a while there <laughs> with a lot of it. And then, yeah, I, I started landing more of my projects probably after that first year of really struggling, making, you know, working three jobs. And uh, a lot of that first year, a lot of my projects were from um, former employers from back East that, you know, knew my work ethic and knew what I could do and knew the speed that I could get it done. So it worked out for that and you know it was freelance life so i would i would work for two weeks straight without sleeping and then take two weeks off you know and uh go snowboard and go mountain biking hang out and and then you know go hunting for that next project and then projects just started to get bigger and bigger while i was out there and uh started to get bigger and bigger clients and uh uh was bouncing between seattle and portland um i did a lot of work up in port in seattle for a while so uh, yeah if you would have told me that i would commute three hours to work i i you know i would told you there's you're insane there's no way i'll commute three hours to work but (laughs) (laughs) work is work and you'll do what you got to do so uh that was uh kind of where it started to go you know i i don't think i could live in seattle full-time i love seattle it's a great city but it's a little too pacific northwest you know like uh portland is kind of like pacific northwest light not as cold not as rainy not as windy um so you know nice place to go to but then i can come home to portland and and still go to the places i want 
Yeah, and then and then this thing kind of popped up down here, and um, I one of my um, my old art director from back east sent me an email and was like, "Dude, this job opened up at the 49ers. I think you you'd be perfect for it." At that time, he had been applying to like a bunch of NFL jobs, and and so he was like on that radar, and and I was still just you know pretty focused on figuring things out up there, and so I. I you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I read it real quick. And I was like, that looks cool. And then I, I kind of pushed it away for like a month and forgot about it, you know, and uh, I had like one of those like downtimes on a project where I just went back and read it again. And I was like, oh, damn, I, I, I need to get on this. Like, I'm going to I'm going to just go like fire it out there. And uh, and uh, I had a an old acquaintance who was from Philly who worked here. And then I started finding out how many people from Philly were here. And, uh, we kind of had like an overlapping of, of, you know, had a conversation and she's like, well, let me like put you in contact and you can have a conversation with, uh, with so-and-so and, 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 uh, uh, you know, we can kind of go from there, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I hit it off. So. I'm curious, what was your, I like asking this question because everyone's answers have been different. Like uh -huh. even not on this, not even on this podcast, but just when I ask people in the office, what was your interview process like? Because I haven't had two mm. people who were the same yet. My interview process. So, so like I said, like my, so uh, uh, when I applied, my is small world. This is why I never, never burn bridges unless you really want to burn a bridge but like <laughs> uh my very first hr director from philly was bob lang's wife huh and so i was still really close with her we stayed in touch you know after she left and he had come out here i knew her before i knew bob and then her and i had always stayed in touch you know facebook you know whatever instagram all that kind of stuff so when i applied i hit her up and was like She's like, oh, well, who are you applying with? And I said, this uh, Aaron Kennedy guy. And she's like, yeah. I was like, is he from Philly? Because I think, you know, I've heard his name before. And she's like, yeah, yeah, he's from Philly. You know, like, I'll, I'll shoot him a text and and uh, you guys should talk. He's like, I think you guys, she's like, you'd be great. She's like, you'd be great part of the family, right? So he called me. I was working in Seattle. And I, would, I had just left for seven game homestand in Seattle. And he called me. We we were supposed to talk for thirty minutes. We ended up on the phone for four hours. That uh, sounds accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I sat in the parking lot. Uh, I sat in the uh, mall parking lot for four hours, uh, <laughs> uh, leading up to it. And uh, before we got off the phone, and uh, two days later, I flew down here. They flew me down. Um, flew me down to, to interview and I went up to owner's level. I think I had a, it was probably a good, probably a good five, six hour interview. I flew in and I went in one of the suites. So I just sat in there and it was just like a revolving door, right? <laughs> like everybody I had, um, before that happened though, I had a practice project. So, uh, AK gave me, um, some assets and said, and gave me a description of, uh, of, uh, what I was going to be doing, right. Like what the kind of what the, what the project was that I was going to be working on. And it was, um, doing these stat graphics for players. I still have the project. 
and uh, I had to with no real concept of the you know they get he gave me the logo and the fonts and uh, you know I kind of tried to Google some brand guidelines see what I could find I think I found some stuff on Behance at the time from a couple designers that aren't here anymore that were here at the time you know that had posted stuff and I got a little bit of an idea and just kind of took off with it from there sent over the project and that's when he called him and was like yeah man he's like uh i'd love to have you down to like chat and uh came in went like met with him down here for a little bit and then i went up to that level and basically sat in that room and i met with uh i met with aaron lavore i met with lj and i met with ak it's a lot it's a lot of people <laughs> I think I met with like a good like five people. Wow. And I had like an hour with each person or 45 minutes or something like that with each person. And it was, you know, kind of like, you know, what would you do in this situation? And, and, and what, where did you come from? And what are your thoughts on this? And how would you react to this? And, you know, how are you with pressure and that kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of went from there. But I think it was like, it was a good five, six hours that I was here. Then you clearly got, obviously got hired. You're here. Yeah. What was the first project you worked on? Uh, the first project I worked on uh, was uh, we had a uh, high school football at the time. And uh, they had no show package for it at all. They had nothing in stadium for it. So uh, I don't even, it didn't even have a, finalized name i don't think at that time there was no logo for it there was nothing so i took the the very first project was uh uh this high school sports high school football graphics package for in stadium i think i still have it how does your computer hold all of these files (laughs) (laughs) uh i've got like a a backup too of like a, a hard drive here that's got a lot of stuff so yeah, so that I think I had been here like two days. I had, I had like two days, uh, Tuesday night football. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was this. Uh, I had like two days in the in the uh, high school. I started, you know, on a Monday or whatever, and the uh, high school football thing was um, was like that Friday or whatever. So they were like, "Here, here's your computer. Here's your phone. Here's your email. Good yeah. luck." <laughs> Yeah, and and if we can get this, here's the dimensions of of all these different boards. Like, if we can get this stuff, that'd be great. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was the uh, that was the jumping off point. Yeah, I did a show package in like two days. <laughs> that, the first two days here for you know ribbons and uh, the big boards and plaza gates, all of it, scoreboards, all of it. It was it was a, it was fun. Jumping right into the fire though. Yeah. We still have high school football here, sometimes college football, but people think 49ers, clearly they think 49ers football. What is your game day routine? Uh, my game day routine is make sure that I'm here before the crew is here because uh, we have um, so we have like a whole crew comes in and kind of runs all our boards. So like we usually try to be here early enough to double check all the stuff that I've made the day before. So kind of come in early, uh, start at my desk down here in my office. And, you know, on most weeks I can come in here and I'm, I'm pretty prepared and ready. So it's kind of pushing files to computers from my main work computer to each computer that, you know, um, runs the boards. 
and uh, kind of get my checklist ready. And then uh, non-COVID times, I have like the same walk that I do every time. I'll usually leave my office here and kind of go out around the ticket office, down the main staircase. And I, uh, I always take a walk across the back of the end zone and stop kind of behind the field goal post just to take it in for a minute and, uh, you know, have that appreciation station and uh, uh, kind of have that, that moment of uh, uh, take it all in and realize, you know, where you came from, where you're at, where it's all going, you know, um, uh, what you're doing and kind of take the, take in the gravity of the whole thing. Um, and then I'll f- finish my walk up to the control room. And usually by then all the crews coming in. So I'll start going to each one of the crew members that, uh, I'm working with for each board and kind of talk with them on what I've got loaded, what, what, you know, what files, what, what's new that I've built. Um, what, what kind of stuff do we need to convert? And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully be there early enough where we can test it because once we get to a certain point on game day, we can't put anything, you know, we're into partner loops and everything else. So we can't really test stuff anymore. So kind of try and get that stuff done as early as possible. And then, yeah, I'll come upstairs, get all that stuff done. Um, Usually some last minute stuff. We're waiting on starting lineups. Who's going to start making sure we have the going through the Google sheets to make sure that that's all lined up that, you know, there's no curveballs that can get thrown at us. You know, we're deep in the roster um, in case last minute gets thrown at us. And then I check with all my guys, make sure, you know, my crew and make sure that everybody's good. And then I, I get, I'm lucky enough, fortunate enough to get a little bit of time every game to kind of take in those last half an hour, 45 minutes ish. And just kind of, again, take it all in. I stand behind our PA announcer, Danny Miller for every, every game on the staircase to (laughs) kind of take in that experience every game. And, uh, listen to him call starting lineups. And, uh, I think that's one of my, my will be forever. My, one of my best memories here is to just have moments like that, that I can take in and appreciate what's happening in front of me, like literally four feet in front of me. (laughs) And I will run up to the roof every game for the flyover. Uh, Billy Barnes does a, uh, a great job getting us. Uh, we, we are one of the few teams in the league that has a flyover every single game. I don't believe anybody else does it every single game. And, uh, uh, you know, he's he's worked on all those uh, relationships to have uh, tight relationships with all our services and uh, 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 line all that stuff up to have them, like, come flying in. And, uh, you know, that's, that's probably uh, my favorite 30 seconds of every game. Six months of planning for 60 seconds of uh, flyover. <laughs> I know it always seems, uh, I mean, it's always worth it, but it, it goes so quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I, I will stand there for the anthem and then generally in the middle of the anthem, I will run out the back door of the uh, control room up the back, uh, staircase up to the roof and, uh, and go up and shoot video real quick of the flyover and, uh, just enough time to sprint back down to my seat before the start of the game in the control room. And then I'm locked into the control room for the rest of the game. I know like if I I get to the stadium, not as early as you, 
but I get to see early. <laughs> I get there to be able to see like pre-game or all of the different um, rehearsals. Mm -hmm. But do you get to do like a full board package or do you do any run-throughs? Maybe not uh, even game day, but like on like Saturday or anything? Uh, so yeah, they do Saturdays. They'll usually do the rehearsals for a lot of the events. And then, um, uh, if there's something, you know, I try not to be here Saturdays if I can, you know, generally in the beginning of the season, uh, most of the way through the season, we're here seven days a week that, you know, a lot of it's front loaded. Right. And so once we're, we've hit a point where we're not trading players anymore and we're not, you know, anything like that, the heavy lift is over from a player standpoint. Uh, building their graphics and and taking care of a lot of that stuff and then you're into like a lot of the fun stuff so you know we can get that done monday through friday so saturdays kind of try to take off if we can just to get a little time away but we fridays are our load-in days generally and we will kind of do everything we try to have everything done by friday to the most the most that we can so i'd say we're usually probably 80 to 90 percent there on a friday and then maybe it's like something friday night you know that we tested didn't quite work so you know come in on saturday to fix it and and then i'll just kind of test it on my own but uh a lot of stuff i just test during the day randomly i'll just go out to the boards with my phone and turn on the boards and test stuff out to see if it works okay so you have everything built you've tested it you have talked to all the control guys kickoff comes around how often does everything go a hundred percent to plan uh i think we're pretty good at it man our our, our game day crew is pretty solid uh uh you know i think that um I, I i haven't been a part of a lot of game day crews but i'm you know after i've been to enough of these uh, like ida conferences and and just uh a, a lot of different meetups with different teams and stuff. I think that I put our crew with anybody for our game day. And I, I think that uh, usually by game day we've done, obviously you have the things that happen in game, right? Like injuries and stuff like that, that kind of throw off a game, but we're, we're, I think we're pretty tight at, at just uh, executing all the way through and not having a lot of those mistakes or changes. Speaking of on field, something a little happier than injuries have you ever had a player interact with something that's on the board, whether it's huh. like them or one of their teammates? Uh, yeah, we we'll get the guys like looking up at the board sometimes. Uh, uh, I, I've 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 like sent stuff to guys uh, on like Instagram and stuff before, right? Like uh, and been like, "Yo, I got your I got like your new interstitial done, right? Like, or I've got this get loud video with you in it, you know." Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I have my back and forth with like a couple players that like I'll randomly send stuff to and, and, uh, that, uh, you know, I've kind of met over the years and, uh, over passing and stuff. So like, uh, I'll randall randomly like fire stuff over to them of like, uh, you know, check, check this out or, you know, yeah, we're always looking though. We have, a, I mean, we have a lot of camera angles up there. I'm always looking like, you know, I always appreciate the acknowledgement of like, all right, they smiled or they liked it, you know, like it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back over five seasons, one postseason, when people are at Levi Stadium, they see everything you've worked on as a complete package. 
But is there anything that you wish maybe got more love or attention, whether that was because people were looking at like everything collectively or because they missed it in like the whole production? Well, I mean, there's so much stuff that goes by so fast in our games too. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, it's tough for our department because, you know, we really only reach 70,000 people a week, right? Like, so we're, we're not uh, in the digital social world where like it's getting, you know, millions of hits or, you know, hundreds of thousands necessarily, right? Like we're, we've only got our stuff here. So like getting anything like that out of, you know, I think we put on, uh, we put on one of the top shows in the NFL, if not the top. And, and uh, I'm super proud of what we do every week. So that one's like that was the trick for us, right? Like, it's we're we're, we're you know seventy thousand is still a lot of people, it's a ton of people, but uh, compared to a lot of other outlets, you know, getting that word out there of like what we're doing in stadium, I think it, finding if there was another way to like expand on that would be would be awesome. Yeah, no, and as someone who gets to be at the stadium on game day, I mean, it never gets old how like amazing the atmosphere is and how you guys kind of control that you're like little puppet masters and it's amazing. <laughs> it's super, um, you know, it's super fun and it's super crazy that you, you know, to think of like, you know, on a random Tuesday night, you might have an idea for some graphic. Like I have a list of graphics on the board right now of like, uh, of like player graphics, right? Like for like player specific stuff. And, uh, you know, like Bosa, Armstead, you know, of like, um, you know, custom player interstitials, you know, like we, we, we have custom player interstitials that come up for random players, you know, like Fred Warner, you know, on a random Tuesday or whatever it was, I think, uh, uh, you know, came up with the idea. Justin walked in here. I think Justin drum came in and was like, Hey, you know, what if we made like Fred Warner look like the Warner brothers logo, man. And we, you know, we just kind of make the, uh, the shield turn and we'll have the audio for it. And, you know, <laughs> so like, uh, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I think we can do that. You know, like, let's do it. And then you just kind of run with it and, and take off. And, and, you know, we've got like, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, I'm glad he's back. Cause that's one of my favorite ones. We have uh, the audio of Tom Hanks from, uh, uh, what the heck's the movie with him with the, uh, uh, where he's on the, where he's on the Island. Castaway. Castaway. Yeah. So we have Tom Hanks, uh, yelling from Castaway, yelling Wilson went right, you know, when he <laughs> the volleyball. And then uh, in the graphic, we have like a camera is 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 dollying towards the beach, and the uh, volleyball with Jeff Wilson's face pops up out of the sand, and it just says Jeff Wilson's name as that audio is playing. So like random different ideas like that that uh, we get to like just act out on and to see people uh, you know come together and and react to it is is a pretty amazing vibe you know <laughs> it's a lot of fun that just to think like the dumb ideas that you come up with that work you know technology is always evolving and quickly how much yeah. are you still do you take classes do you just like trial and error youtube tutorials like how are you when someone is like hey i think we should do this do that i, I think at this point like i, I have a, usually have a I mean, there's always ways to new ways to do stuff, but uh, from an execution standpoint, I, I usually my brain goes right into uh, into that mode of like um, problem solving, right, and how to do it. And and um, you know, I know with um, uh, uh, one of the things in, in in particular that that took off was like last year when we started the Faithful to the Bay campaign, right, and we went into the 
the whole thing was about macro, right? It was macro shots and it was tight shots of all the threads and all the really tight shots of uh, all the jerseys and, and, you know, all of that tight stuff, right, that you wanted to see the detail in. The patch, same way with the patch, all that kind of stuff, right? And and so uh, I had to try. I In my head, I knew what we wanted to do, right? Like I in my head, I was like, let's do all these cool, like, thread ribbon animations, right? And, and uh, super tight details. So I start, like, kind of Googling looking up like how to make thread in in cinema 4d like in 3d programs and like how to do this thing and then reach out to like a couple of like my old art directors to be like hey man how would i i want to do i'm thinking like this animation like how would i how would i do that like you know do you know any plugins or stuff like that and then you know you kind of start on that rabbit hole of youtubing and and watching tutorials and uh stuff like that so yeah, YouTube, I'm, I'm very YouTube heavy at this point for tutorials of like dumb little things that I've forgotten over the way that I know what it's called or what the reference is, you know, right? And, uh, or stylistically, that I have to be like, oh yeah, that's right. I, I got to you know, like it's a 20 minute tutorial, but I need 30 seconds in the middle of it that <laughs> shows me where something was that uh, I, I have to remember. What was the last skill, like new skill you learned? photography uh i would say um i i started shooting a lot um uh during covid i wanted to learn something new and uh so i i bought a camera and lenses you know it was a good time to kind of go out on my own i i could i didn't have to be around people you know i could just go wandering through my neighborhood or go walk through the city and just be outside and street photography was uh was super accessible and easy yeah i started um not this pat not october that we just went through but the previous october of 2020 i bought a camera and i did a bunch of research and and was uh had plans to just kind of become more of a hybrid video photographer right like there's different times around the department where it's like i need a shot of something but i can't i know that like our studios crew or so and so in whatever department that shoots doesn't have time right that i can't I don't want to bother them. Right. And, 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 uh, I know that they don't have time for something small. So I wanted to get to that point where I could be shooting that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, quick green screen or, um, giveaway items and different stuff like that. So we had angles. So I bought a camera and, uh, yeah, I kind of went from there, you know, having a lot of fun with it. And it's, uh, it's been, we shot the entertainment open for like our hype team and stuff. Me and uh, one of our other freelance editors shot that this, this year. So, uh, you know, my, my goal is just to, I've always wanted to just be good at like kind of B roll and, and, you know, things like that, that, you know, things that I can be using in my designs. So I have assets that are always right here. That's so impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's been uh, it's been a tricky one and it's been fun. You know, I, like I used to shoot a lot more, but I'd shoot with a GoPro and then, you know, like just uh, I, I knew how to like get rid of the fisheye and the wide angle and all that stuff. So I just fix it all in post. And but I had never really taken a high end camera, you know, like of what, you know, what they use, what they use in the back end studios and our photographers use. Uh, I, I hadn't really used a camera, you know, and in, in a uh, alternatively the underneath all that there was a 
had a job that I didn't get because I didn't know cameras. And it always bugged me to know that I've kind of always tried to make it a point in my career to, I, you know, I know, obviously I can't know everything, but always try to like find my weak point and my weak point in my career was, was shooting. So, uh, you know, I had to kind of get back on that horse and get an understanding and learning and, and better at that, you know? So that was kind of the goal there too, you know, on top of all of that. No, you're definitely a very self-sufficient coworker. Like I ask <laughs> you for things, but you very rarely ask others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of down here, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I probably hit up these guys outside the office, outside of my office with stuff randomly, but, uh, I'm fortunate that I I, I, I I don't have to ask for a lot. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm also down here a lot by myself. So I like, I just kind of figure it out. Right. Like I'll, I'll, I'll find, maybe it's because I'm an only child. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm used to just uh, going and doing it on my own. I, I try not to bother other people unless I really have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we always finish the podcast with a lightning round. Okay. So I thought we would, we would finish with that. <laughs> right on what's your favorite thing about your job oh man like uh my favorite thing about my job is uh uh going out into that stadium and watching the fans react to stuff that we made during the week i, I uh, uh i get emotional every game and uh about seeing uh everything out in the bowl every time is uh that's that's probably my favorite thing it's most rewarding what's your what's been your favorite flyover Ooh, my favorite flyover it's probably the F-35s, you know, the guys that uh, set off the neighborhood, right? Like the uh, earthquake sensors on the uh, escalators, like those guys are low and loud. And, and uh, my fa- oh, I know exactly what it is. You know what it is? It was, uh, I want to say it was 20, it might have been 2019 or 2018, right? And, and I think we usually get like a seven-minute window. And the guys flew in, right, and they punched it like right at the stadium. And I, I, I swear they must have had the conversation like, hey, man, we, we, we still have time to like get through this because they gunned it. Right. And they did a loop. We got a double flyover. They did a loop and then they came back again in the, in the window. So I'm pretty sure they just like they did like a hard bank out and around and then they came back through a second time. It was album. And I, I think that was like F-16s or F-35s. So that was pretty epic. What's been your favorite project you've worked on? Probably some of the Bryant Young stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't grow up out here or know. You know, I knew like the big. Uh, I shouldn't say the big names, right? I knew, you know, I knew like the Jerry Rice's and the Joe Montana's and that kind of stuff, but I didn't necessarily know like linemen and linebackers. You know, super deep into the lineup, and uh, I think it was uh, uh, it was our. Do you hear that video for playoffs? It says manifesto, and. Uh, that was, that was probably, that's probably one of my favorite ones, I think. Like the most dramatic that I've gotten to work on and uh, just a super amazing human that uh, uh, one of the nicest guys that I've got to meet and uh, he deserves his Hall of Fame. What's your favorite media day memory? Oh, favorite media day? Hmm. Media day is always a good one too. Uh, uh, you know, I think it was probably that 2019 year where we shot, we actually shot media day down in the hallway of the grounds crew. Yeah. And, uh, just spending three days down there 
or uh, maybe the first one where it was like in the tunnel. We were literally like tunnel people, you know, we didn't see the light <laughs> for three days. You know, you're just down there grinding it out with ideas, putting it all together. Um, but that 2019 year in the grounds crew, I was running the boards in the back and I, I literally learned the software like five minutes before I had someone just show me where to click. And uh, so I started learning it through the day and how to make it better. And, and uh, you know, it was a lot more interactive because, um, you know, I was kind of, I had timed all the graphics out to have like a pace, but I hit a point in the, in the software where I could kind of like control it. So I was like kind of clicking with the beat and changing it so that it went with everything too. So that it would eventually go with the song a little bit more. That, that was, that was a fun media day, super interactive, super responsive and, and uh, good vibes down there that, on, on, on that one. What's your favorite Adobe or design product? <laughs> My favorite Adobe is this sponsored by Adobe. Yes. No, no. Dignity health. So do you have a health answer? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite body part. Uh, uh, my favorite product, I would say, I mean, probably the one I use most. I mean, I use After Effects the most. Um, I'm a big fan of Illustrator. I feel like Illustrator is like a uh, uh, it's like a dying art a little bit, right? Like I feel like so many people don't know Illustrator. They get frustrated with Illustrator. So I like After Effects, but I think the one that I appreciate the most is probably Illustrator. Knowing um, I, I started doing a lot of print when I started out, I was more hybrid of, I was doing billboards and, and uh, magazine ads and newspaper ads and stuff. So I did a lot of like uh, uh, Adobe stuff back then. And, and, uh, you know, it's kind of always carried through. You also need it for a lot of like 3D work. If you're doing Cinema 4D, it always helps. So Adobe's the one that I appreciate, uh, Illustrator's the one that I appreciate the most. What's the biggest difference between a live, like working on a live news broadcast and a game? Ooh, a live news broadcast and a game. The difference the difference is probably the biggest, the diff biggest difference is in the live broadcast is all murder, death, kill, right? Like, like if it bleeds, it bleeds, you know, like that stuff's true for, uh, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> we don't want any of that on the field. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the news is very, uh, uh, I think that the general vibe of like a news show is very like abrupt and gruff and, and, uh, uh, cutthroat live event here is like it's still cutthroat and it's still a lot of pressure same pressures right like it it's definitely the same pressures and the and can be a lot of the same like we need this now kind of thing news is a little bit more like you know, breaking news happens you know stuff like that so you're a little more on your toes i think one is a good lead to the other if you're ready for news and you've done the pacing of news you'll be ready for like live game day kind of stuff right like you're I think it, if you've done one, you've you've, adapt, you've adapted and uh, figured out how to kind of land on your feet, and you can kind of take those pressures to to do live broadcast, live games. Final question: Every job posting has the other duties as assigned bullet point at the bottom. Have you done anything with the 49ers that wasn't in the job description but became an other duties as assigned? 
things that well, oh, so like things that I'm things that I do right now that weren't in my job description. I mean, probably some of that like video work and camera work, right? Like I, there was none of that. My position wasn't here before I started. So the person who did my job before me was in charge of IPTV and, but he knew some motion graphics. So he got to work on some projects. So he did like a couple opens for 49ers live, like some of the early versions of 49ers live, like in 2017 he had done some of those graphics. So like he was kind of the opposite of me. I was supposed to be in charge of IPTV and that has now gone away for us. Uh, fortunately, because that's a whole, <laughs> different, a whole different beast on itself. Uh, but I would say, you know, we've had some new programs like up in the control room, I think too, that uh, weren't necessarily on there. I can't remember if working in the control room was even on my, that might have not been in my job description. Now it's pretty integral into your week to week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it absolutely, you know what I mean. Like I, I think the job description was more like making the graphics, and and managing IPTV more so than like making the graphics and then going upstairs, lo uh, loading them into the players. Right, like I didn't know how to do any of that when I started. I had never um, actually put stuff into the computers. You know, for me, I had always, I had always been for any team that I'd worked for, I had been freelance. So it was more like just, I would ship off my stuff to them and then they dealt with it. Right. If it was wrong, they had figured it out or, <laughs> you know, like, or, or, Hey, this doesn't work. We need this change. Right. So I never, a lot of, until I came here, a lot of the sports stuff that I did, I never even actually saw in stadium. Wow. Some of my Blazers stuff is still up, though. I have gone to a Blazers game in the past, like, year and a half or so, and he still uses my uh, the walk-up graphic on the front of the boards. Do you add, like, Easter eggs or anything so that, like, you know that, like, that's yours? Oh, God, yeah. I have an Easter egg in almost every graphic I put on <laughs> boards. I remember uh, uh, one of the funniest ones, you know, I tell the story a lot. There was a show that we had. It was, uh, uh, it was like, I think it was called, like, uh, Costas talk or something like that. It was a Bob Costas show, right? And it was about the show was about Bob Costas reading tweets, analyzing tweets, and like they would kind of talk about sports tweets, right? And in the open was like all these like different tweet bubbles, you know, and they're like just going left to right and in different Z spaces and scalings and stuff. And and uh, the joke of it, the ironic part of the whole thing was Bob Costas didn't even have a Twitter account. <laughs> So in one of the Twitter bubbles, we had Bob don't tweet in one of the Twitter bubbles that was going through the background of a show. It was in, it's in like, uh, you know, it looped in the background thousands of times during while he'd be on there. There was a voice bubble that a Twitter bubble that went through every time that said Bob don't tweet while he'd be standing in front of the monitor wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I put stuff in every, uh, they put stuff in every, almost every graphic, there's some Easter egg in, in there somewhere of like, uh, it's all in the details, you know, so tucking yeah. it in somewhere. Well, AJ, I cannot thank you enough for being on this podcast. I, I truly appreciate it. I could talk to you forever, clearly. <laughs> I'm a talker. I could keep going. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. same. So I do. I really appreciate you being on here. It means a lot. No, thanks for having me. It's fun.